Hello and welcome to Dice Punks, a tabletop role-playing podcast where we focus on playing full campaigns in less well-known systems. This week in episode 5 of Nightfall, our duo of demi-divinities are faced with a mortal who seems to know their true nature. Thanks for joining us. Welcome, I'm Adam, your friendly neighborhood game master, and joining me are... Hi, I'm Drew. I play Dosk Tyr, Duke of Nothing, and erstwhile scion of the Tyr family. I'm Robin, and I'll be playing Lissa Crate, the colossal and coquettish Duchess of Fury. Excellent. Not joining us this week is Des, who usually plays Romnet, the prophet of the Obsidian God, uh, but as... He is uh, sequestered back in the Chancel of Fermata, and our action this week is in the city of Calavan. Uh, he has been uh, excused from his eldritch uh, obligations here uh, for a little while. We'll certainly catch up with him next time. So thank you all. Before we get started, let's briefly recap any character stat growth and the events of the previous episode for ourselves and our listeners. So did anybody spend any experience? Nope. No, no, the the time's probably coming, but we're not quite there yet. I think uh, if all goes well and you both survive this session, which seems likely, then uh, yeah, uh, you should have five experience, which is enough to do one of most anything, uh, should you desire it, at least on your mortal uh, attributes. So we will maybe be able to to delve into that stuff in episode six uh, near the beginning. So, Lissa, I believe you have our recap uh, this week. I sure do, Hollyhock God. So we emerged from the Siamir Swamp and went over to the Seri River and realized that we wouldn't make it across without help or, you know, a miracle. So we caught a ferry, uh, captained by some real upstanding folk. Really, really cheery, talkative people. I enjoyed spending time with them. Uh, Dosk negotiated the price, uh, but I made up for the difference with a tip. Calavan was busy preparing for the festival of the fall fires. Uh, great bonfires <laughs> in an otherwise flammable city seems like a real solid choice. I felt a lot of fury, uh, like enough rage to smelt metal from the harbor where the bonfires were being prepared. Uh, as for the rest of our time, well... I spent a lot of time studying the walls while Dosk did rich boy things. Uh, the walls seemed nice enough, though lumber isn't my specialty as much as wood is. Dosk met first with the princess, who was surly to his workers, and even more so upon learning of a missing shipment of silks, which uh, conveniently belonged to the Tyr family, uh, giving Dosk an end to step forward. This connection set us to the folks organizing the festivities uh, and promptly summoned more while staring and whistling. <laughs> and Dosk managed to get the lighting of the pyres postponed, giving us more time to work with. We returned to the harbor and the Mott shrines that we saw there. We encountered some sort of holy man and decided to make an offering to the shrine to see if we could learn more about the meeting of the festival 
and why the massive pyres were so close to the big guy's shrines. Dosk added a fancy flourish of a miracle to the offering, and, well, the next thing we know, the holy man declared to the lions of people paying tribute to the obsidian god that the obsidian god's prophet has arrived. And I'm pretty sure that's right where you left us, Hollyhock God. Yeah, I do like to leave you guys hanging sometimes. So yeah, we pick up right in this moment. Uh, the uh, character I described last time as a posh hermit, so with it wearing a you know sort of loose-fitting monocolored robe without really anything in the way of dye and a sort of cord belt, but all of it made of the finest materials, wearing a beard and sort of longer hair, but all of it sort of very oiled and scented. Uh, he uh, has... Uh, turned to the you know sort of people waiting to give their offerings as well as passers-by and announced to them that the prophets of the obsidian god are among us uh and there is sort of just thunderous silence for a moment as people try to figure out what that would mean and you know ones and twos in small groups they pivot to look at the two of you uh so you know that would be a good time to decide on your immediate you know sort of uh posture and attitude as they uh you know in in groups of one to four all shift their attention uh to to the two that uh this uh holy man question mark is sort of casting his arms up over i gasp and clap my hands dramatically to my cheeks and say, I have never met a prophet before, and then wink at Dosk. Because uh, <laughs> because I've just handed uh, this gentleman some coins, probably the crowd, the assembled crowd such as they are, cannot see me enjoy being recognized, nor can they see me blush quite deeply at, uh, at, the, uh, at Lissa's joke. And I'm probably speechless, if only for a moment. Okay. Uh, I feel like probably there's a role for Lissa here. <laughs> I almost got away with it too. <laughs> kind Wasn't of, for sorta. this pesky non-diceless system. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I guess that's the thing is, is that if we were doing this in pure nobilis, I would be able to just say that it works or doesn't work based on what I th- you know, thought was. Uh, most reasonable, but I, I do like the contingency of the dice. Uh, so why don't you roll me a charm plus lie, Lissa? That's going to be three dice for you. I'm not a very good liar. I know. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> I got three ones! Hey, that's a success. Um... So it's not like you immediately <laughs> redirect, uh, you know, all of the attention, but people are... I'm just confused. making sure one of these is not a seven real fast. Yeah, they're all three. <laughs> okay, we're good. We're good. Sorry. Please, please no, continue. You're fine. Uh, yeah, people are, people are like a little confused. They're sort of like looking at you, looking over at Das, looking back at the, uh, you know, sort of hermit looking guy. They are trying to figure out... If not you, then who the prophet is supposed to be? You know, so eyes are kind of settling in either direction on Dosk and on this, uh, you know, sort of uh, holy man. Uh, and anything in particular as this happens, Dosk? I think I gather my thoughts. And then I swing around and own it. Um, 
Now, the key decision here, and this is brief table talk, and I know it has to be brief because in game time, this is only a moment, a fraction of a moment, but mm-hmm, mm-hmm. are we? am I owning up to being a prophet but not saying of what? Um, <laughs> I think perhaps I am. Um, well, you should know that the, the announcement that this uh posh hermit has made is that the prophets of the obsidian god are among us it is pretty specific yeah yeah at least to those who know i think we don't have to share the domain element of it if you want to own it no uh that that's a good point that's a good point okay so here's uh here's here's what i'm gonna do i am going to turn around and i'm going to Mm -hmm. spread my arms wide and address the crowd but not in words uh, I am going to assume, I suppose, my aspect, but they're not going to know what they're looking at. Because the thing about Dosk's aspect is that you don't necessarily see nothing when he assumes mm-hmm. it. You see the the opposite of what you expect. You see the absence of what you think you're thinking about. Uh, so I guess I'm going to throw that at the assembled crowd. Boy, that's fun. Uh, so... Your invocation here is a simple miracle. Yeah, so it won't cost you any miracle points. Um, and and for for the listener at home, this is a uh, Dosk has the gift elemental, which means that you can take on the form of your domain. So he has the aspect of nothing here, uh, and the specific language that i think is really uh telling here from the character sheet it is is it is not the necessary it is not necessarily the case that they see nothing which is to say that dusk does not necessarily disappear he may instead take the form of a confusing exception to the rule appearing to his attacker or interlocutor to suddenly take the form of whatever would make the current conflict irrelevant or absurd so you have set me a challenging descriptive task here i have it's, i've also <laughs> given you a gift wrapped in a beautiful bow this is this is both things are true um so i think what's interesting about this is that no two people necessarily see the same thing and probably probably you and Lissa are within each other's Ectoritas at the moment, so she wouldn't be affected. But everybody else, except maybe for the holy man, who is also pretty close to you, uh, would be. And so you just see, like, a sea of sort of confused glances and mumbled sort of questions to people next to, to the speakers as you take on the aspect of nothing. Alyssa, for you, this pretty much feels like what if the air around your body could also itch? Like, not make your body itch, but, like, you could sense it as part of yourself and it itched. <laughs> uh, it, it's really weird and confusing uh, and, and kind of unpleasant. Uh, the holy man sort of looks a little bit confused at at what's going on as though he he thought he had an idea of what was going to happen and this wasn't it but slowly everybody whose attention he had called sort of starts to return to what they were doing as though there had been no particular incident here 
um, some exceptions, but relatively few. Maybe a dozen people are kind of still trying to figure out what's going on as most other people return to what they were doing. All of this, of course, has taken probably 10-15 seconds. Um, and so as attention starts to slide from you, this posh hermit rounds on both of you and says in a not like angry but sort of terse undertone you know what are you doing i was trying to hand you their attention i suppose we are more interested at the moment in your attention uh no one has come close to knowing who or rather what we are in the time we've been here but you immediately and clearly you've uh You've studied, you've devoted yourself, but... Go ahead and roll a charm plus graces for me. I will me. do that. Um, so that is five dice. That is. Okay. One die fell, and it made a dog panic. So you got some sounds oh, there. Oh no. I'll roll that one again. Poor puppy. <laughs> Without looking at what I have, lest I... Confuse the counter to press myself. Okay, we have got two twos. Two twos. Okay. You see this fellow sort of puff up a little bit, uh, you know, as you intentionally or not sort of flatter his sense of importance. Uh, and he, you know, his shoulders straighten up and he sort of, you know, uh, his bearing raises a little bit and uh, he says, well, I assumed you were here to take control of this half-forgotten festivity, but please, share with me what you, your purpose here is, oh holy ones, as he sort of turns to include Lissa in this, having kind of focused on Dosk after his kind of showmanship, but remembering now that like Lissa is there as well. I repeat just his pluralizing S, and I try not to make it sound like a hiss, but it probably does anyway, <laughs> as I uh, gesture Lissa over. Mm -hmm. Hi, and, and name's Lissa, didn't catch your name. Oh, my humblest apologies, great ones. I am Brother Umber. I am at your service. And he gives you a slightly less sort of humble and servile like inclination of the head than that particular phrase would imply uh but it is a relatively formal thing uh and he says i have long awaited the coming of those who would serve the obsidian god rather than simply try to divert his attention you see this whole festival has its roots in the worship, not merely the propitiation of the Obsidian God, and I wish to return it to those roots, if at all possible. I think Surely we share an interest in common. I think we share an interest in common. I must say, however, as I'm sure you're entirely aware, I give an ingratiating smile, or as ingratiating <laughs> as two twos can allow me to, and, sure. I, and I say, surely you're aware that the Obsidian God is more than a bit obscure. In, in her motivations from time to time. So I must say the original intent of this festival, and I gesture at basically everything, is more than half lost. Uh, we've walked this city from end to end, and we've found one person in total. That would be you. I, again, ingratiate as best I can. Who knows at all what the original intent was? So we may need you more than you realize in order to restore this event to its true purpose. Um. 
as a side note, your two twos are actually two sevens, remember, because you are a striking sad boy. Oh! That's right! <laughs> <laughs> it's, nice to be, it's nice to be effective for dumb reasons. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> um, he nods sagely along to this uh, and says, Yes, well, I suppose there might be some literary work to be done. I assumed that anyone the Obsidian God sent along would have more information than me, but it is sensible that his motivations would be obscure, shadowed, as the Obsidian God often is in our sight. This is, of course, some of what makes the Obsidian God so compelling as a figure. He's trying very hard, you detect, to appear very sort of like literate and philosophical here. Uh, it is not clear entirely how much of this comes from affectation and how much of it comes from genuine predilections. Uh, but he says, perhaps you should tell me why it is you were sent. Raises an eyebrow. Uh, according to our boss, uh, there's something going on here that is displeasing to them. I can only imagine that it might have something to do with the massive bonfires and, you know, the Obsidian God's whole thing seems to be darkness and perfect darkness, I thought. I don't know, just, you just you know, spitballing some ideas. He nods sagely and says, yes, yes, that makes a lot of sense. I've always thought that the form this celebration took was a little odd given that it was tied to propitiation of the Obsidian God, who, of course, thrives in shadows and darkness, who watches us from the darkness. My brethren and I have made it our business to attempt to watch with and to watch back, you see. Uh, and he sort of strokes his beard with a modicum of self-importance and glances over at the shrine and says, These gifts are given by the common people. You speak of the obscurity of the obsidian god and yes there is some truth to that but really many many especially in recent generations of these teraxins of the lower orders are happy to offer propitiation and offering in hopes that they might avert the obsidian god's gaze from them and prevent disaster but what they don't realize is how much more we could have if instead we focused on attracting his attention all we need to do is become comfortable with the dark. Perhaps you can help me to prevent all of these fires from coming to fruition. We can see what there is to see in the darkness together. His eyes have started to gleam with a little bit of the sort of zealot's uh, transcendent purpose as he speaks. Yeah, you seem perfectly rational. <laughs> I should make you roll lie for that, but I won't. <laughs> <laughs> I'm also, like, out of character, not sure. <laughs> if she's actually being serious or sarcastic. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Uh, <laughs> um, gosh. This seems like a great situation. <laughs> uh, so, so, I... We need to humor this guy at least mm -hmm. a little. Uh, mm -hmm. I lean, I lean in, and I say, "And the people." I gesture at the crowd that I've uh, dispersed. Say, I say, "Are they with us in this?" He strokes his beard, looking concerned, and says, "I wish I could say that they were." He sort of subtly, at waist level, gestures to the dozen or so who are kind of like regarding your conversation from a distance. 
kind of maybe trying to figure out what it is you're talking about. And he says, most of them simply fear the obsidian god. It's rank superstition, but it, I think, is enough of a toehold. If they had something specific to fear, perhaps we could rally them around. You seem powerful, the two of you. Perhaps we could put a little bit of the fear of God into them. And he smiles. And then he pauses and shrugs and says, But I am, of course, happy to help you in whatever task has been set to you by the Obsidian One. Yeah, uh, just as a quick note of clarification, I'm less of a fear gal and more of cultivating a mutual respect situation, but I, I get where you're coming from, and I think we can meet somewhere in the middle. He nods slowly, says, I see. He seems to have a thought. Opens his mouth as though to ask a question, closes it and then shakes his head and says, No, please, just tell me how I may be of service. I am happy to do what little I might in order to assist the servants of the Obsidian One. Well, what is the precise point between mutual respect and cosmic fear? I suppose love. We need you to implore the people to love, as well as fear, the Obsidian God. We need to return this ritual to one that does not merely propitiate, but, but embraces, attracts, strengthens, dare I say, the darkness. I mean, you say we have powers. We don't. The Obsidian God has all the power. We only have the charm, beaming smile. Can you, <laughs> can you help us to administer the ritual as it should be administered. If they think they're getting fire, and instead they're getting the deepest darkness once, perhaps that will light a the opposite of a fire that can spread. He nods slowly and says, There is certainly sense in what you say. He looks at the bonfires, the two closest on either side. They're a fairly a fair ways off, uh, honestly, uh, and no one is close to them at this point. Uh, and, and I should say that at this point, the sun is beginning to dip toward the horizon, right? You guys have been, you know, uh, making your way through town, back and forth, across, talking, waiting for quite some time, and, and we are nearing the end of the day. So your understanding is, is that these fires would be lit before the sun was all the way down. You have got a postponement for the bonfires along the coast. What you don't have anything for is all of the businesses and homes that have individual bonfires, torches, candles, lamps, brigiers, etc., etc. You know, and so he, he looks at the fires and he says, I have a theory, and it is only a guess, but I think that this observance was actually once two different observances. I mean, what sense does it make to light fires, you know, uh, if you are propitiating the obsidian god? I mean, maybe to keep away his influence, it could make sense, if not actually work. But I absolutely I chuckle at that barb, by the way. That's <laughs> as though it's very droll. Yeah. I theorize that uh, there has been some combination reached at some point. I will try, by addressing the people here along the walk, uh, 
uh, harbor to convince them that the fires are actually separate from the actual celebration, but I don't know how successful I will be able to be as I am just one humble mortal. <laughs> but perhaps if I can center the obsidian's go obsidian god's pleasure or displeasure in their minds, it will change some of their behaviors. I don't know how many of the fires in the city I can truly keep from being lit. As it happens, for most people, this is, of course, more of a folk festival than any sort of spiritual or supernatural observance. The lighting of the fires is fun in its own right. Having a city lit up like noonday at night. Well, you mentioned love before. It certainly seems to be incipient. And uh, what if we were to hypothetically make it appear as though the fires were displeasing the obsidian god? He nods. He says, if that is something you could manage, I think there is enough superstition among the lower orders surrounding the obsidian god that it could work to get some of the fires doused, if not by those who lit them, then by those fearful of their neighbor's attracting the displeasure of the obsidian god it is worth a try in my humble opinion and just All to clarify I... we know that the fires closer to the center of the city are getting lit first the ones at the harbor are the ones we've delayed but this gentleman yes. would have no way of knowing that correct therefore i say i i sell it I close my eyes a moment and raise my hands to either side of my head and I say, the obsidian god's revelations are few, but one has just appeared. The fires will not all be lit at once this year. Inside the city, those will come first. This gives us a chance to make a show of the obsidian god's displeasure before the fulsomeness of the fires fearfully fly here. The, the the trailing off of the alliteration was chef's kiss. Uh, wonderful. He nods, though, as though this was highest rhetoric. And says, yes, well, I shall get to work. I shall visit each of the shrines and tell people to spread the word. I'm sure a few will. I'll start here. He looks at the onlookers, the, the dozen or so. And in the meantime, if you can arrange some show... Just a moment... have the birds on our side so brother umber is interrupted momentarily by an asthmatic seagull but <laughs> has gotten his point across does he walk off at this point or is he still kind of like standing around he's still kind of like and he finishes lamely with so i'll i'll get to that and leave the production values to the two of you as it were um, please you'll know where to find me if you need me i'll be along the harbor wall uh, and, and so having made his point and, and described his role, he ambles off, uh, making grand gestures at the onlookers in your area as he, as he proceeds. While he's in sight, uh, I want to do another lesser divination and see if okay. I could detect the source of fury that I felt earlier, as I think it was by the harbor. Good thought. So it was very much in the direction of the harbor, um you sort of it's a simple miracle for you so you don't have to spend anything on it you just kind of invoke it and actually this is an interesting uh, intersection of these two systems that i kind of want to explore now 
roll me body plus endurance. Oh boy. <laughs> Which is five, five yeah. for you. It's a foreboding combination good. of things to roll. It is, it is. But like the the nature of endurance makes me intrigued honest, by what's to come. Two fives. Honestly, in the future, this might be a sense plus endurance. Thank you uh, for not going sense. But <laughs> I know you have more dice this way. Uh, and yeah. So two fives, was it? Correct. Um, you stagger. Like, literally have to catch yourself. You feel as though you have been buffeted by a large wave. As you sort of shake your head and orient yourself, the white-hot fury is emanating not from the harbor itself. You were right, it was in the direction of the harbor. But it is coming from offshore. Uh, You can't actually detect, like, a precise origin point. It seems as though... To the best of your ability to detect it, like, the whole ocean is furious. Excellent. Like, and again, I can't really stress enough, this is inhuman levels of fury. A person might be able to get this mad, but they wouldn't be able to stay there. This is perfectly constant and unwavering and it in terms of directionality you can turn from one direction of the surf line to the other and it is constant there is no oh the middle of this or the left side or the right side is is where it's emanating from it is a uh consistent not even like wave, but but you are almost basking in it. Um, you may not be aware of this, but uh, Dusk, if you are looking at Lissa uh, after her her stagger, she is has something approaching something between a manic grin and a rictus on her face. <laughs> I think, given given what happened earlier, I do, I do, I, I let's let's say I do see it. And or unless you need me to roll perception or something, which I can absolutely no, 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 do. Yeah. But I say I do you see can it. Just make this a character and I say, decision. is someone uh, very angry? Uh, I think the ocean has problems. <laughs> I look out toward the ocean as though I'm going to see what the problems might be. That this doesn't last long, and I look back. However, Dosk's temperament is such that probably the thought occurs to you now that you have the context of the ocean being angry that as the sun dips toward the horizon, the water takes on a bloody hue. Hmm. It seems to be a purely optical phenomenon of, you know, light bending through the atmosphere and reflecting off the water, but... You don't just mean the color, then. You mean something deeper, I assume. That wasn't an ocean pun. <laughs> <laughs> and yet it set off a thrice song in my head. I believe that was addressed to, to you, Lisa. Oh, it was? <laughs> yeah, I meant, oh, I meant to I the character. So. Sorry. That's... Oh, I'm so sorry. I thought you were asking about the, like, the color of the ocean. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> no, I was, I mean, because because to, I, I guess if it wasn't clear to you, maybe it wasn't, it's not clear to the listener. So, I mean, the joke was supposed to be, uh, the ocean's angry, Dosk looks at it and sees that it's blood red. He's like, so, but you're not just, like, this isn't an artistic interpretation. You mean <laughs> there's something else going on here. 
yes, I I can feel it. it I've never. It, it, there's a lot of rage. I I don't know exactly where it's coming from, but aside from and I just gesture at the entire ocean <laughs> and probably accidentally like nearly swipe someone with my arm in the process. Is it very foolish if I say that I didn't know water could be angry? Uh, no, because this is a recent discovery of mine as well, <laughs> as it turns out. <laughs> I am uncomfortable. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know why the ocean feels this way. It's so beautiful and lovely and appreciated clearly because of the harbor. Is there a way that I can commune with the ocean since it's angry? (laughs) That's a pretty good question. Let me consult my little summary sheet here of miracle stuffs. Um... I feel like you can probably use a major divination to investigate the fury that you feel emanating from the ocean. Um, it wouldn't be the same as talking to the ocean directly, but like you can, the description here is ask your estate about something. So that would be a miracle point I would have to spend. Do we think it's worth it, Drew? I mean, knowing what the ocean is angry about does seem like pretty useful information, um, especially since we're about to perhaps stop a bunch of fires. Um, yes. Remind me, remind both me and the listener, I suppose, your supply of, of miracle points, because I'm real, I'm real low on domain miracle points. I have two, but I think you have more than I do. I have six. Uh, okay. So, uh, yes, but you can use one here and that will bring you down to five uh, domain miracle points uh, currently. And you can uh, ask your estate about something. Why is the ocean angry? (laughs) So again, the answers from your domain, especially since it is fury and not like people or animals or something, is not come in words, but you do get the information. The ocean isn't angry. But the anger is definitely coming from the ocean. You caught me. This has secretly been called Cthulhu all along. You thought it was two systems. It's actually three. <laughs> That's a good reveal. <laughs> so is this where you reveal where all our sanities are at? <laughs> like, <laughs> So Greg Stolze did in Unknown Armies make one of my favorite systems of sanity meters in tabletop role-playing games, but I have chosen not to apply it here yet. <laughs> if that uh, so... wilderness thing didn't drive us a little insane, then I think we're we're fine for the time being. Um, okay, so the, hmm, you were saying something. I, I was going to say I relay the information to Dosk that it's not the ocean that's angry, it's something beneath the surface. In exactly the tone you just said, Cthulhu, <laughs> Dosk in character says, <laughs> Leviathan. This always goes so much better than when in actual session than it does in my head when I'm planning it. You guys are wonderful. Uh, <laughs> does Lissa know that word? <laughs> no. <laughs> I just grin and nod at Dosk as though I understand exactly what he means. Um, should I roll perception to say whether I buy the, the, the bluff or not and whether I explain? You, it may not matter. You but. can make a character decision there. Sure. 
so so could you hear the the ancient water beast speaking? I, I no, I just was able to identify that it wasn't the water itself that was angry, but something inside of the water. So something. I wasn't exactly having a conversation and telling it to pipe down or anything. It's probably for the best that this community doesn't have an enemy of the sea itself. But this does raise further and perhaps urgent questions, does it not? Yeah. I wonder if whatever's angry in the ocean is what uh, the big guy or girl upstairs is downstairs. It's a little bit unclear. I have a lot of questions for Mott the next time we talk to them. Um, Else stairs, <laughs> we'll say for now. Yes, the, the big the big honcho Else stairs. <laughs> might be more upset about whatever that is than whatever's going on in the city. And if there are two rituals in one, as our uh, interlocutor said, then is the other set of rituals for that? Uh, Dusk, I know we just met, but do you... Could we handle something massive in the ocean? Well, we managed, handled something pretty massive in a swamp. I mean, I guess there's lots of animals in the ocean and the water itself. You guys probably have less than an hour until the sun is fully down. This is something I didn't think of at all about my character. I don't know how strong a swimmer I actually am. <laughs> I mean, we talked about it with Alyssa a little bit when we were talking about getting across the river. But mm -hmm. but, but the plan was for me to cling to her back like some sort of... I, you know, <laughs> I forgot about I that. I feel like... Dosk has body one, athletics zero. You're probably not an amazing swimmer. Yeah, I buy that. I buy that. It it is probable that you like have some experience in shoreline swimming. Like you don't. It's not like you don't know what to do with your arms, but you probably aren't. Very yeah, it's bad. not instant death, and it's not a phobia. It's just not a strength of his by any stretch of the imagination. You're not Raz from Psychonauts, right. nor are you Altair from Assassin's Creed. Okay, uh, but you probably are not a very strong swimmer. Okay, that probably just does go through my head as as we're thinking. <laughs> if it came to it, could we handle some sort of uh, massive sea beastie? Probably. I, I don't know. I, I can't say I have a lot of experience with handling sea beasties. I have very little experience with most of what we've been up to lately, other than all of the lying previously. <laughs> I, we'll put a pin in that and, and uh, have a heart-to-heart -heart about that later, Dosk. <laughs> if, or if, if the salt shoals are in view, I sneak a peek at them before we move on. They are sort of distant little lumpies on the horizon to if you're facing the ocean from Calavin, you're like right at about 110 degrees uh, where the shore sort of sweeps away uh, to the north. You're right. This and is not a topic. in the direction of the Fury. <laughs> oh, hmm. It's all in the direction of the Fury from where you're standing now. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, well, you're right. That's a topic for a less urgent moment. What we need to do now is make sure that when the first fire is lit, the message received by those lighting it, and more importantly, those watching it being lit, is that this has displeased something more powerful than who or whatever they're trying to please. I... With this, actually, Alyssa, you are detecting, it's hard to see 
quote unquote sea with the white hot fury emanating from the ocean. But behind you, back in the city, you are detecting smaller angers starting to pop up one by one. And should you turn and look, the homes and businesses have begun to light their fires. Too late for the first, then. We should probably, uh... Yeah, can I... Oh, hold on. (laughs) (laughs) Be... What form of miracle... Would it be a lesser creation if I conspired with the candles, lanterns, etc., being upset that their only purpose in life is to burn down until they are nothing and refusing to burn as a result and create fury in them? So here's the thing. You can probably run through this pretty quickly in your head. The reason you were able to detect them with your divination is because the state of burning a wick or wood or oil or something is fury, right? Angry wood is on fire. An angry wick is on fire. So you can interact with this directly, but if you wanted to take it away, that would be be lesser destruction. Okay. To do it locally, a major destruction if you wanted to do it uh, through the whole city. Alternatively, (laughs) this is going to backfire potentially, but um, (laughs) I'm just going to make everything really, really mad so that it burns so quickly as to not last long. Oh, that's fun. So that would be like a major creation at level seven. (laughs) Okay. I'm trying to avoid using more points this session. Uh, you could make that happen locally to... with a lesser creation. So we we go up to one. You could make yeah. a, one or a few burn down quickly, right? For let's let's yeah. focus our attentions on like the major fires. Well, so there aren't really any at the moment, right? There are the biggest things you have at the moment are braziers being lit, and there are judging by your divination sense, two dozen throughout the city, mostly in the lower city, uh, and kind of scattered about with a new one being lit every minute and a half or so. Um, So you could dash around and do a block at a time for free with lesser creations, causing them to flare up and burn down. Uh, That is an option. You could also uh, put them out instantly in a similar, uh, you know, sort of block by block fashion with lesser destructions for one miracle point apiece. Major creations at level seven which would be three miracle points for you, would be the whole city flares up and burns down very quickly. The whole city? Itself. The, whole... the fires in the city, which may start some other fires, you yes, don't know. Yes, that's the concern. But, Damn, Lissa, where yeah, did you, you go? <laughs> you can whoosh, and then everything kind of like is, is spent pretty quickly with level seven, or level eight for four miracle points, you could do a major destruction and just negate the fury of all of these flames. Uh, and put them out instantly throughout the entire city. Yeah, what was the point of the last one? Point the last one is level 8 as a major destruction, so that would be 4 points for you. What do you think, Drew? Anything nothing could contribute to... I'm trying to think. Yeah, I mean, like, I with with the knowledge of the fire pyramid, right? Like, there's, there's all sorts of stuff we could be... You know. Yeah. Um, um, but, but I... 
we could also start off the the thing we discussed last time table talk when adam was dealing with some mm. things and mm -hmm. i do like that idea very much these are all these are for the most part um the the fires being lit by shops are these like in windows or all of these sort of outdoor fires they're all out either on what would count as like the sidewalk or in the street itself yeah. So if I were to really make this guy angry <laughs> and rile up a thunderstorm. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, we're talking here like a major creation. Mm -hmm. All right. Uh, yeah. I could see you pulling together uh, a, a thunderstorm. Basically what you would be doing is angering up the blood of the like cloud tutelary spirits uh you know uh above you for you know sort of the city plus a little bit this you could whip up a a, a nice storm very quickly i yeah, i think that's actually really clever yeah all right so i may go in that direction um and go ahead and spend three points there i think it's worthwhile drew oh i think so okay yeah so three points to basically whip up a thunderstorm out of nowhere. Now, chances are good, and you know this going into it, this is going to be torrential rain, high winds, lots of thunder and lightning. Perfect. Um, excellent. So go ahead and spend those three miracle points, and tell me, what does Lissa actually do invoking this major creation miracle? This is a level 7 out of 9 miracle. Oh, so I, I could have fun with it. Could I go? Up to you. Uh, could I go full storm on this and briefly like? <laughs> <laughs> I am going to say that you tell me what you think should happen here, and if I require alterations to it, I will give them after the fact. Most things are going to be okay. <laughs> what does lightning do to a toad? <laughs> <laughs> I had forgotten about that line. Same thing as everything else, I think. I don't remember the rest. Yeah, same thing it does to everything else. <laughs> but don't. <laughs> um, God. I, I guess without realizing it, because Lissa, I don't think I would be keen on the theatrics, but I would tilt my head back towards the heavens and something will click or shift a little bit for a moment my tattoos what's invisible of them would seem to stir in the light uh, though you're mm -hmm. not quite sure if you could trust your eyes and my eyes darken they're not necessarily like pitch black but it's more of a emotion that darkens them and i suppose suddenly the clouds start to roll out of nowhere as though in a fast forward clip or time lapse mm. image and great peals of thunder start to rattle the streets yeah there had been clouds in the sky sort of high and scudding quickly uh and they blacken and plume lower as thunder starts to rattle and lightning starts to flash between them and people around you are frightened uh by this sudden shift in the weather i mean they live close to the ocean but you can see the storm come in you know this is literally forming above their heads and the ones closest to you can kind of see your 
body language and make inference as they will. Uh, and uh, you can hear shouts and cries of dismay. Uh, you know, and one old timer in with an earshot of you and Dosk, in case you're not particularly paying attention to what people are saying, uh, shouts, uh, not necessarily at the top of his lungs, but not again, not since I was 12, and runs back down toward the city. <laughs> I, for my part, um, all the all the fires and such being lit, like, like the sun is just barely down, if it's even down at all. So presumably there are only a few light sources on. 80% of the sun is still above the horizon by this point, but in the way that sunsets happen, it is sinking shockingly fast after seeing to approach the horizon for a long time the actual process of it dipping is is quick sure so i perform a preservation such that all of the places in this city that were dark stay dark in an unnatural way so that the lightning that lights up the sky is the only light so that's going to be a major preservation which would be level six, uh, if I'm... Which would be level six, which for you would be two miracle points, which I think is your That last would be all my miracle points. points, which is not a good idea if now, we're going to fight a sea monster of some kind. You do have the right of the last trump that you can use to take realm or spirit or aspect miracle points at a cost of two to one if you want to use domain miracles in the future. So you're not totally tapped out. You have 15 more points that you can use half of as domain points. Or you can figure out clever ways to use aspect or spirit, for that matter, if you wish. Uh, you know, but, uh, but yeah, you will be tapped out of sort of first-party domain miracle points there. Hmm. Table talk, is that worth it? Because what you're doing is already pretty impressive. <laughs> and we may need to do something even cooler later. <laughs> yeah, I would, I would hang on to those and, like, maybe focus whatever you can without spending miracle points on the larger fires. Yeah. That's a good thought. The bonfires. Thought. Yeah, yeah. So let's see. At level so level four takes me to a lesser creation. Correct. So these sconces, obviously nobody in town was expecting driving rain all of a sudden. So they're becoming sodden. They're becoming, in other words, the absence of flammability. Uh, mm-hmm. I either preserve or multiply this. I make them I make it unthinkable to the substance that it would catch fire. Okay. All right. Yeah, you can do this locally. You can do this around the harbor in your area, uh, for sure. Uh, to the bonfires as well as to other light sources. Uh, you you uh, expect that, uh, you know, along the docks and a little bit into town from where you're standing, people will have trouble lighting candles and lamps for a while. Yeah, and that's a simple miracle, so it doesn't cost you anything. Okay, that's that's a good start, uh, then. You just, yeah. Um, there are sounds of alarmed activity from throughout the city as people scurry to try and react to this sudden storm. Uh, by this time, I mean, only a few seconds have passed since we started taking these, these actions. Lissa, you are sort of like collecting yourself again after your exertion of miracle points i mean i think that was counting as like a deep miracle uh you know here so so pretty pretty big stuff uh and looking around in a matter of seconds the sky has darkened completely 
the sun shines red between the ocean and the cloud uh sort of ceiling uh dark clouds above you uh and is mostly red light swiftly diminishing as the sun dips below the horizon casting the whole scene in a bloody hue as thunder rumbles shakes windows and casements and lightning flashes between clouds and begins to fork toward the ground uh, out on the sea as well as down around the city uh, rain begins almost immediately in sort of spitting heavy drops of cold water and then slowly becomes more steady uh, becomes driving and then sheeting as the wind picks up uh, down here at ground level coming in off the ocean with gale force people run for the cover of shelters uh, pull up hoods on cloaks and capes and huddle together under awnings and uh, around buildings fires around the city slowly dwindle and die and the sun dips ever lower Oh, jeez. Uh, do you think I ever did it? Did I overdo it? <laughs> As you ask this, I am looking at you in something, if not, if, if it is not awe, it is indistinguishable from awe. Uh, mouth is probably a gape, and I say, I think you did it perfectly. I really don't know where that came from. It's just like, oh, I just need a storm. <laughs> <laughs> on a scale of hear. now extremely i'm sorry yeah this this, this is probably an important physical description i i do want to hear what you had to say but i was gonna say you can actually start to hear behind you uh the crews of the ships trying to secure them for the storm as well as the creaking and knocking of wood uh among docks ships at the at the harbor dosk you were saying i was gonna say can you feel the leviathan on a scale of no longer angry to angrier than ever any change? I'm going to do lesser divination. <laughs> lesser divination shows you no change from the ocean whatsoever. I just shake my head once. I nod, as though this is a fact that I knew about Leviathans that is now being confirmed. <laughs> I just stay mad. <laughs> Those <laughs> Leviathans. I they like really hold I a grudge. <laughs> I have this headcanon now that Dosk is like what those like Bigfoot people, like the people are like, it's getting really squatchy out here. Like he's that, <laughs> but about ocean leviathans. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, he's a total like cryptid otaku specifically for, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So let the listener, let the listener hear that a lake monster is, is featured uh, presently in image form. <laughs> Um, on on yeah. our GM shirt, nonetheless, which yeah. bodes well for yeah. us. <laughs> yeah. I feel like this was intentional for the. Was session. that a hand? Right. Okay, here we go. Um, a little bit. My my yeah. wife made a save the lake monsters winter t shirt design. I got one. It's real good. They're great. You should great. get them on Etsy. <laughs> I think they're sold out, but <laughs> well, then you should get the next thing because they're all bangers in yeah. that Etsy shop. This is not a <laughs> this is not a paid promotion. I just like the shirts. Okay. So. Yeah, the most comfortable shirts I've ever worn. So, you are observing all of this from the heights of the harbor wall. People have cleared out very quickly, and the shrines and the bonfires are quickly becoming sodden, as are you. Although, probably 
I don't know how universal this sensation is, but when you sort of feel unaccountable mania, it doesn't come from like something that you are thinking or feeling. It just suddenly bubbles up, you know, and it feels kind of like energy, but also kind of like something taking you over from the outside. Um, the sudden darkness and the wildness of the storm, it sort of seems to affect you it, almost as though uh, manic energy is being pumped into you from the outside, both of you. It's hard not to laugh. I don't even bother trying not <laughs> to laugh. I just start cackling. Like, this is, <laughs> yeah. this is a great the wind, time. <laughs> the wind whips your laughter away over the city uh, as you are standing in the middle of this storm that you have summoned, lightning flashing all around you, thunder rattling your rib cage, wind and rain lashing you, and slicking your hair and your clothes to your body. You feel so alive. I begin laughing as well, and at first it's a belly laugh as though something, you know, impossibly pleasurable is occurring, or else something impossibly funny has happened. And then... I get a jolt as though I understand the joke better than I did before. How serious a preservation would it be to make exactly one of these lightning bolts stay exactly where it is in the sky? I'm not certain that the domain of nothing can do that. <laughs> I think that may be outside of your purview. This is the first that no would I've gotten from the GM. Let the record show. Dope as hell, but... I, I would need to hear a pretty good justification for why that is something that nothing can do. Scratch that. Reverse it. Pretty literally. It's not that the lightning stays. It's that the lightning is unlightning. Okay, okay. So, I'm trying. I'm looking at the, the miracles here. That feels, then, like... Hmm a creation and a preservation, both of which are simple miracles for you. Okay, yeah, that would not cost you any MP. Yeah, so the closest lightning strike out just beyond the harbor, you you know, sweep a turn, you know, and with a theatrical flourish, the lightning flashes, fades, and then the space that it occupied in your vision is deepest blackness, connecting the clouds to the ocean, perfectly bisecting the sun from the angle that you are looking at it from. So you have about a quarter of the sun remaining above the horizon, blood red, with a jagged lightning strike of black through it from the clouds to the ocean. I'm so proud of us. <laughs> you start to hear screams from within the city. I'm less proud of us. <laughs> I uh, I'm still I'm still laughing, especially as I look upon my works. Uh, but I, as I as I begin to hear the screams, the laughter dies down, and I turn to Lissa and I say, "We may have gone a bit too far toward terror." <laughs> yeah, I'm starting to get that sense too, and I I try to make my face into something less than a manic grin i'm <laughs> not sure how successful i actually am with this because i'm still buzzing off of the high of creating a storm yeah. and then having dosk so artfully build upon it 
while you are trying to sort of master yourself, an older woman in an oiled leather cloak staggers through the wind up to the harbor wall, doesn't particularly pay the two of you any mind, but heads to the shrine nearest you, the one that Brother Umber was overseeing before, and leaves a large parcel at it, genuflects before it, and then stands up, looks at the sun as it sinks rapidly below the horizon with the lightning bolt bisecting it, and as the last of the light fades, she spins on her heel and sprints back into the city, and you think you hear her laughing. As soon as the last of the light fades, and the city is plunged into almost absolute darkness, lit only by those sources indoors further away from the harbor and where Dosk's miracles are still in effect, you begin to hear an eerie sound from the direction of the ocean. It isn't exactly music. It's a-melodic, but it is pitched. It wanders back and forth, up and down, without any particular pattern or reason. The voice that it is sung in is distinctly inhuman. And very rapidly, there are more than one. I grab Dosk's arm and whisper, Leviathan! <laughs> <laughs> you, you hear the song for maybe a minute, unable to really see where it might be coming from. And of course, song is a bit of a euphemism. It's this eerie, otherworldly warbling that's coming from more and more voices, covering more and more of the shoreline as you listen. And after about a minute, you also start to hear shouts and screams and sounds of struggle from the dockside where the sailors were securing their ships. We've got to help them. Agreed. We're probably off before Um, we're even done saying that. Indeed. You're moving toward the harbor. You're moving toward the ships moored there. Uh, They're not far away. You just have to make your way down the harbor wall and across maybe 50 feet of thoroughfare. And you can see movement among the decks and among the piers, docks, keys, wharves, etc. As you make your way, there are dark shapes among the sailors. Some sailors are struggling with each other. Some are struggling with these dark shapes, and a flash of lightning uh, illuminates these dark shapes for the first time in your vision. At first, you think you're just looking at a manta ray, but this one has short, almost shapeless arms and legs, and as it turns from the sailor, it has just bitten its mouth and only its mouth on the underside of its body, is disturbingly human, except for two long canines with which it had punctured the sailor's shoulder. He falls back. 
and this particular creature rejoins its brethren in the eerie warbling song as more of them sail up from the surf and onto the shore and onto the ships some of the sailors are fighting amongst themselves too others are running directly into the sea while others are screaming and running in the other direction it is complete pandemonium at the docks i start shouting get away from the water run for the wall at the top of my lungs at the sailors it carries well the wind seems eager to carry your voice around the docks and those who still seem to have their wits about them follow your instructions even some of the ones struggling with their fellows sprint away from the harbor but you can see very quickly that the sailors fighting amongst themselves were trying to subdue some of their fellows whose eyes have rolled back in their heads whose mouths loll open and who simply strike out at anything nearest to them animate or otherwise they are fairly easy prey for these ray creatures which are still heaving themselves out of the ocean in droves by the dozens uh, adding their voices to the song unless drew has a more pressing action i'm going to go derange snow white again <laughs> <laughs> and what is going to be all... more for the record what's more pressing than deranged snow white I <laughs> nothing uh, it seems like because they're climbing out of the water, it would create a useful bottleneck if, you know, we had sharks and other things helping us out. So I guess in this case, deranged okay. aqua woman would be <laughs> more on brand. Uh, so for you, that was a lesser, lesser creation. creation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So in the vicinity of you along the docks here, the water starts to splash and churn as everything from sharks down to minnows starts to set upon whatever is nearest to it. And the song, this weird atonal warbling uh, that is coming from these creatures, starts to have a note of anger and panic in it. Uh, but again, they all sing in sort of a choral unity as though they all know what's coming next, even though there isn't any discernible rhyme or reason to it. And the voices themselves are these reedy, more animal than human sounds, but they don't sound like they could come from the rays that you hear them from. They sound more like bird song or maybe animal calls from, from mammals. Um, and there's this, this note of urgency and of, of alarm in them and more of the sailors even the ones who are running their eyes roll back in their heads and they start setting about destroying whatever is around them all of the ones who were running towards the shore are now in the water and are lost to your sight the ones who are running away mostly gone the ones who remain all are just laying about them however they may how much of a miracle would it be to silence mm -hmm. this song in the ears of the sailors who seem to be in danger from hearing it. It doesn't have to actually not exist or actually produce sound. Uh, so long as we're not feeling a prickle at the back of our heads, that's going to make us go deranged momentarily. It simply needs to not exist as far as they're concerned. Yeah. You are feeling nothing from, from this song, but it's clear that it's affecting the other people around you. 
I think that's going to be a lesser creation of nothing in order to do it in your vicinity or a major creation of nothing to do it broadly throughout the city. If we're close enough to the docks that we can try it on some of the people who are currently affected, then the lesser sounds mm-hmm. fine. And then we'll we'll spend the miracle sure, point if, that. If, if, if that saves a bunch of lives. But Okay. So you you know, sort of focus for a moment and immediately see that within about 50 feet radius of you, this uh, effect seems to die down among the sailors. You know, one guy who you saw just throwing barrels overboard and sort of roaring at the top of his lungs kind of shakes himself and looks around and sort of seems panicked and then looks up at the harbor wall and starts running. He's quickly pursued by one of these ray creatures uh, singing its eerie song, but but he's he's no longer a sitting duck for it. It seems to be working, at least in your vicinity. Good. Okay. Okay. This is good. This is good. Uh, is the ray creature within Mambele range? You could get within Mambele range of a ray creature pretty quickly. Okay. But there, by this time, you can see dozens. Okay. There are probably hundreds up and down the harbor by this point. If if everywhere has the numbers that your immediate environs have, there are probably hundreds. Okay. I well, so so I convey to to Lissa what I just did that the song seems to be driving the sailors uh, to madness, and that I seem to be able to stop them from hearing it. Uh, but it's going to take a lot more of whatever it is we've been using to make that effect universal, and I even then don't know how long it will last. So we have to do something else meanwhile, because uh, I probably don't know yet that you're definitely doing something else. <laughs> I'm not definitely doing something else. Um, Other than I kind making of whisper... the creatures of the deep turn. Oh yeah, that's true. That's us. true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's that's a valid thing. <laughs> um, but that's just more like being like, "Hey guys, these things shouldn't be here. Aren't you kind of upset about that?" And they're like, "Yeah, I'm kind of upset about that." And then they eat them. Well, and for <laughs> for what it's worth, they are not focusing their ire solely on <gasps> these ray creatures. Oh, they no. are just tearing at anything that moves. <laughs> Uh, did you say that some people fell into the water? Yes. Some of them ran headlong into the water. I feel horrible. Um, <laughs> I'm also going to take off the ocean and be like, you should be really mad about all these random things that are flying into the water. You should just put them back on the shore. <laughs> if they're not already coming out of the water. <laughs> yeah, so so you're you're doing a lesser creation of fury and in the ocean. The ocean yeah, the ocean wasn't mad earlier, but I wanted mad now. Okay, alright. So within a local area, you can definitely make the ocean mad, and you start getting you know, riptides, whirlpools, you know, choppy surf and big waves. Uh, the boats are, you know, kind of being uh, thrown into the, the harbor and into the docks. Uh, and you feel yourself getting a little high on all of this fury around you. Like it's, it's a start. You can, you're cognizant enough that you can feel it starting to form a feedback loop and you can kind of press against it for now um in this local area most of the people are gone now they are either fled into the city or they have fled into the surf or they have died 
the manta creatures seem to be more or less indifferent to your presence. They are loping or in some cases gliding through the air towards the city. Uh, I kind of hold my hand up and be like, uh, uh, siren manta people. Hey, 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 <laughs> uh, let's, let's stay put here and have a little talk. I, I sensed your anger earlier. I assume it's coming from you, but we could probably reach some peaceful conclusion that doesn't involve you thrashing the city. At the word doesn't, one of them knocks into you. Uh, and you're big enough that it doesn't knock you down, um, but its little stubby arms protruding from its underside grab your head and you feel fangs clock against your forehead, uh, piercing the skin in a couple of places looking for purchase. Just while you're talking. I... And does it seem inquisitive or aggressive? And can I tell? Very aggressive. I'm going to pull out my hammer and just kind of swing to get it off of me. Electo, my trusty tool. <laughs> Electo, your trusty hammer. Blood immediately is like cascading into your vision from your forehead as you grasp for Electo. Uh, and you can feel the puncture wounds in your skin and the scraping of these fangs against your skull. Uh, and you get the hammer in your hand and you sort of swing it up, you know, and dislodge this thing. You don't know that you did any damage. It just kind of like flips through the air. And, you, you know, you're kind of a horror show <laughs> uh, to look at at this point. You've got probably six holes in your forehead, uh, you know, that are close to showing bone and blood just kind of like cascading down down your face you also kind of feel i mean i'm not sure that lissa would have a point of reference for this but a little high yeah um <laughs> your divination isn't like super going right now but you are being inundated by the fury of these creatures as they come out of the sea um this is more of a mechanical question can i feed off of that fury not in a mechanical recovering miracle points sense, but if you open yourself to it, it will absolutely energize you on a subjective level, and you you can feel it tugging at you, honestly. The currents and eddies of fury around you are something you have to stand against at the moment. I, I recognize that sensation and resist it as hard as it is. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Dosk, are you taking any particular action as Lissa hammers this ray siren away? Uh, I mean, my first my first instinct is to try to cut the thing in half, but that's a very temporary uh, uh, very temporary solution when there are hundreds more so with the one she's knocked away, where is it? Is it currently in midair as we're as we're sort of slow motion talking? Probably, you know, it has 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 flopped onto the onto its back on the ground and is attempting to right itself, which is a not amazingly slow, but certainly very clumsy and cumbersome action. Okay, so I draw my weapon, but I also stand mm -hmm. over it and I use mm -hmm. my aspect miracle. I become whatever it would no longer be angry at. Interesting. As far as it's concerned. 
We haven't actually established yeah. whether I know what anyone sees when I do this, and I'm assuming I don't. I actually. was assuming not. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I was assuming not. Um, I just want, as what after were, is its reaction. <laughs> as you are standing over it, it uh, you know sort of writes itself, um, and sort of pushes like so manta rays right their faces are on the bottom uh of their of their body and so it like pushes itself up to to like look towards you and sort of cocks its whole body uh using its arms and then simply lopes along the ground on these weirdly human looking stubby arms and legs with that gray sort of like you know smooth rough manta flesh on them uh between your legs and and up in in the direction of the harbor wall um some of the ones that are gliding have have surmounted the harbor wall by this point we need to cut them off urgently there's something that makes them less mad i can now tell you the unfortunate news is i can't tell you what but this is at something (laughs) this is not simply nature taking its course there is a there is a grudge here there's a specificity uh, I can feel it, but I can't tell you where it's it's directed. It's just I can't. I don't want to focus too much on it. Uh, I'm sure you understand. I do. I do more deeply than perhaps anyone else could. Are you all right? Are you ready for whatever this is? We we just need to stop them. We can't let them get to the people. You're right. You're right. We'll think about it later. I should also probably ask, I imagine the holes in my head are some kind of damage. <laughs> um, that's actually a good point. I didn't, since I didn't roll an attack, I didn't give you any damage, but let's just take one shock damage to your head. Okay. Uh, to, to represent, you know, that you're bleeding from it. Um, and hopefully that will not be the difference between life and death later this session. <laughs> yeah. I'm going, oh, I can go ahead and take the shock damage off of my other stuff because we were arrested since then oh yeah yeah that should have been that should have yeah been. so i didn't I put did any, on one sheet but i didn't put other. any points into healing but we did establish that i have a bunch of strips of fabric and stuff in my pocket so i can at least give you a tourniquet so you're not actively bleeding all over your face <laughs> a cool headband i don't think yeah the forehead is a place to apply a tourniquet frankly. <laughs> <laughs> that seems... i didn't I, I don't know if you heard i don't have any points in healing i don't know <laughs> <laughs> Are you actually hand, handing some bandages to Lissa right now? I mean, yeah. I <laughs> I just kind of like tie them around my forehead karate style. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just pull the knot tight and nod and then flourish my hammer and kind of jerk my chin. Immediately, this cloth, whatever color it was before, is soaked in blood. <laughs> Head wounds bleed a lot. They do. Right? Yeah, so... Uh, you know, you're just, you're wearing this sodden red headband and even to the degree that you're trying to suppress it, like the grin you give Dusk is kind of manic and your eyes are a little bit wider than usual. Um, I don't know. I'm trying to come up with other kind of analogs for it. If you've ever been to the doctor and they've given you a steroid shot, uh, you know, you just have like that directionless energy for a few days. That's from. <laughs> yes thrumming that's a good one my dog is currently thrumming because he's on a steroid for health reasons that's the closest thing I have. yeah so your dog is currently lessa yeah okay yeah. yeah so you guys powerful as you are perspicacious as you are are just two individuals in one place on the harbor and these things have been coming out of the water if they've been coming out of the water at the rate 
along the harbor that they have been in front of you, there are probably thousands of them ashore by now. Some of them have probably made it into the city. It is more than two people can handle. Uh, the noise of the storm is keeping you from perceiving much beyond your immediate area. But there is what appears to be a large wave between two of the ships near you. Only when it breaks, there's something there. Something looming in the surf. And then you see another one and another one. These are not like the rays. They are 12, 15 feet tall, somewhat ape-like in construction, with leathery dark skin and fins along the backs of their arms, along their spine, along the backs of their legs. And they have these small beady red eyes set on either side of their heads and sharp visible teeth in their fronts of their fish-like mouths and they begin to stalk much more slowly than the rays out of the surf there are fewer of them but not by any means only a handful we should get somewhere more defensible. I think we've done everything we can down here for the people here. We need to defend the city. Indeed, indeed. And yet we can't win a battle. We need to broker a peace. I have no idea how. But yes, first, to higher ground. Give up, nine times. Well. I have the high ground. <laughs> <laughs> From their point of view, the festival is evil. <laughs> Or maybe exactly the opposite, come to think of it. But the point is, they are truly lost. So, presumably, the two of you run back toward the harbor wall, up the stairs or ramp to the top, where the sodden places of bonfires and shrines sit, some knocked over, overturned. You can start to see a few of the corpses, mostly covered in blood, puncture marks uh from these uh rays not as many perhaps as you would think uh from this high vantage point the wind does carry the sounds of struggle and bedlam from the city below uh it does not look like the rays have penetrated far into the city and the uh behemoths behind you uh are you know not moving quickly although they are coming ashore um you make your way presumably towards the city do correct me if i say something off base but uh as quickly as you can and passing some of these corpses uh you actually recognize the the old woman uh who had brought that last offering uh as one of the the bodies here uh, punctured probably a dozen times and seeming very pallid um on seeing this little bit of familiarity lissa the fury eddying around you from these sea creatures i don't the word maybe is solidifies you feel bound by it for a moment and something within you rebels at this stasis and then fractures 
The wind that seems so keen on carrying my voice now carries an entirely different sound. A rattling hiss that seems to come from everywhere and nowhere. A vibration that thrums in your ribs. Though it's already dark, the darkness seems to congeal, and the shadows that were already present emerge into sight from beneath objects and dark corners to slither into the open and gather at my feet. I notice that my snake tattoo is moving. It's coiling and constricting and squeezing, and I claw ineffectually at it. Of course it's just a tattoo. My fingers find no purchase except on my own flesh. I open my mouth to cry for help or scream. Even I don't know. But this is the moment that the gathering shadows have been waiting for. They surge into my mouth and eyes and nose and ears until the upper half of my face is consumed by writhing coils of black. That accursed tattoo at last bursts from my skin, becoming innumerable cords of dark that erupt outwards, tumbling, writhing, and seeking. I scream. The sound distorts in my throat until the scream is no longer my own. Lissa fades. Something monstrous remains. And immediately the tendrils of shadow that accompany you begin to snatch rays that pass out of the air off the ground and they shrivel upon contact. Dusk, this is pretty alarming. <laughs> yeah. In in and out of character, I would agree. <laughs> <laughs> so do you have any immediate reaction to this transformation? I'm I'm never going to take the answer quite as seriously when I ask Lissa whether she's okay again. <laughs> There's a lot that I don't know and that perhaps she doesn't know about herself. I think my my after that weird uh socially anxious thought, the next thought is can I enhance this with nothing? Um hmm. and I'm 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 you're you're hearing me think uh in real time about whether that's even possible. Um, is this, is this thing purely going for the rays or is it losing control? And by this thing, I mean the extension of Lissa Mm -hmm. is, is the Lissa thing, (laughs) the Lissa tar, uh, (laughs) just going, or or is it like losing control and getting people too? Mm. Well, there aren't very many people around currently, so you can't really make a call. Okay. So it's going maybe a way to uh to to show this is you can feel uh something clawing at your uptoritas that 5 foot zone around you that is kind of an extension of yourself uh through your your spirit stat you can kind of feel it scratching like nails on a window Boy, yeah, not not knowing what's happening, it's hard. It's hard to match it. But my instinct is certainly to help. Um, I mean, when I look at this thing, and if this is a role, tell me. But does it, like, it's shocking, obviously, and it's weird, and it's disturbing, sure, sure. and it's violent. But is it? Does it? 
does that additional sense we now have tell me that this thing is still Lissa? Does it tell me that that what I'm looking at is a power that's on our side, or does or does something in me say threat? Hmm, that is an interesting question. So you're talking about using the sight, in which case, I feel like what you see is a pure, unbridled, almost erupting presence of fury. Mm. I hesitate to say too much, because I feel like a lot of this is up to Robin as Lissa's player, but to the degree that the site shows you something, you are sort of maybe witnessing Lissa as a conduit for her estate. That's a good description. In a way that she maybe normally kind of tries to... Steiny. Got it. Got it. Um, this has all been in sort of a Zack Snyder style ramping slow mo, right? Like, there's a lot going through both of your your heads at once. But in the time that it has taken for you to process this information, um, this Lissa thing has probably mulched about seven of these rays. Uh, within, call it like a 15-foot radius. And she doesn't seem satisfied. Indeed not. The hammer is still in hand, but is something of an afterthought to the tendrils of shadow and to the bare hands and to the shrieking. You, Robin, are not speaking. I don't know if that's because you, Lissa, cannot speak right now. But <laughs> Just screaming. Lots and lots of screaming. Screaming intensifies. Okay. Um, (laughs) Well, what I certainly feel I cannot do is just stand back and watch this, although I don't have a better battle plan than that. (laughs) So as far as doing something, I could quell the song for the whole city, but that would come at a personal cost, and I'm not sure it matters at this point. Um, because they can't sing if they're dead. If indeed they were ever alive. You said they're kind of wilting or, or decaying. Um, molting. <laughs> molting was the word. Thank yeah. you. No, that's that's a definitely physical effect of this Lissa thing's contact with Okay. Them. Uh consider maybe less supernatural decomposition and more what happens to a sea creature's body when it is subjected to high velocity impacts okay fair enough so we've got rays and we've got the the behemoths is is there anything else in evidence or are are we is there a third quick point of order did you say bohemians <laughs> because that makes it sound like behemoth bohemians I, which is definitely not what i was going for but it's an amazing word. i 100 <laughs> percent did say that and i don't know why but yes behemoth bohemians is great those will be a different thing now <laughs> <laughs> we're just so big daddy-o uh <laughs> 
Yeah. No, I mean, but I think I'm at a loss because I, I think what I should say is I think Dask is at a loss because I'm a bit at a loss. Um, <laughs> I think I think to play it as an in-character moment, I'm looking at a friend who has become something alien to both of us. And it is a moment of probably awe in the proper sense before it's anything else. Uh, and it's frightening, but it's also good news, which is a strange thing to probably take in. So as you watch this Lissa thing moves further into the city, the rays in your vicinity, out of the reach of the shadow tendrils, but that you can see, begin to fall upon each other with their fangs, with their arms, with their feet. The song takes on a discordant, slayer-esque, <laughs> atonal quality. Uh... And the the influence seems to be spreading and moving into the city, where some of the screams take on a different quality, no longer of fear, but of fury. Uh, You presumably follow, admittedly maybe at a distance, uh, that scratching quality if you can picture an urban legend or a horror movie where there are scratching sounds at a window, you that follows you as long as you are within probably 50 to 60 feet of the Lissa thing. This abrasive feeling at the edge of your octoritas. And it, as it moves in toward the city, the sound takes on the quality of shrieking fury rather than of quavering fear and by the time you arrive at the first quasi-lit street you can see people rushing out of their shops and out of their homes with whatever it was they could call to hand bludgeoning the rays bludgeoning each other bludgeoning inanimate objects in a seemingly furious but also maybe ecstatic frenzy in one case you see a child eight nine years old using bare fingers to gouge at a grown woman's flesh she's already dead but chunks are being stripped out in another case a butcher in his apron is wielding his cleaver against the corpse of one of the ray things uh flinging small giblets about left and right it is to coin a phrase a horror show anything that comes close enough to the lissa thing to be contacted by one of its tendrils immediately gets slammed into the nearest person or object at velocities that utterly destroy it. The ray sirens, people, corpses, barrels. It's almost like accompanying a tornado. The shrieking has not stopped. I miss Lissa. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Very understandable. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what would she do if she were here and not a tornado? <laughs> mm, I mean, so 
again, horrible as this thing is, it's not actually a problem in regards to the rays. The fact that it's turning uh, man against man does seem like a bit of a problem. Um, this is just within the vicinity of the Lissa thing. Uh, Lissthulu. <laughs> I like it. Um, Liss Lis so, Magdala, excuse me. Uh, <laughs> that's more fear than fear. You, you can only see a little ways, mm, right? Sure. You are in darkness, clouds hiding the moon and stars, lightning flashing occasionally to illuminate the scene, driving rain. But it's happening where you can see. Beyond that, it's hard to tell. There's a cacophony from the city as the rays are sort of breaching the harbor wall. Their momentum is slowing down, and there are cries of fear, cries of anger, cries of battle, cries of the wounded. The strange warbling shrieks of the ray sirens. The first of the behemoths are cresting the harbor wall currently. I think what I want to do is negate the fighting spirit of the invading sea folk. For okay. against my conscious intent, I find myself unable to think of them as monsters anymore, seeing them so destroyed. So I, I, I think the way I think of it in my head is I want to give a speech <laughs> that will rouse them, but it's a speech <laughs> without words. It's a speech that contains whatever the opposite of words would be, that or rather not the opposite, but the inverse. If you could make the the if you could make words, if you could make if you could make rhetoric go negative the way the lightning did earlier, that's what I want to put into the heads of the behemoths and indeed of the rays so that this seems as futile as it clearly is and it can end. Beautifully said. So this would be a major creation of nothing, it sounds like. Is that about where you're at? I mean, that, that's that, that's your call, Baron Von, take all my points away from me. Um <laughs> Well, I mean, I'm assuming you want it to affect the whole of the city. Yes, I would say so. So, yes, it is fair to call that a major creation. So, for the listener, okay. I have got a four in domain, and I have two miracle points. So that gets me to a six, which means I would need to do that two-to-one exchange for at least one of my points somewhere else if I were to do a, a major creation. Was all that right? Correct. Okay. Yes. You would need to take a point from somewhere. Or sorry, two points from somewhere else. Anywhere else, frankly. Mm -hmm. In the right of the last trump to do a major creation um but this is interesting because you are trying to make what is essentially the film negative of like a an inspirational speech to creatures that don't seem to use words hence the necessity of the technique um, yeah indeed so I'm going to take a little bit of license here. Interject if you feel me going astray for your character. Go ahead and spend those miracles. Okay. You behold in horror and wonder this Lissa thing wreaking destruction in its vicinity as it moves into the city slowly. 
You spin on your heel. You behold the creatures of the deep cresting the harbor wall and flowing into the city. And you feel the dark and the chaos of the storm around you. You feel it first enveloping you, pressing close, and then suddenly your senses shift. And it's not pressing on you, it is flowing out from you. You are the nothing, the dark, the chaos, the absence of order, the absence of light. You are the eye of this storm for a moment. And in that moment, you open your mouth, and sound doesn't come out. For modern listeners, you know how noise-canceling headphones have an algorithm where they basically listen to the sound around you with a microphone and then produce its inverse to keep you from hearing it? That is what tears its way from your lungs and throat as you... The sensation is alike unto shrieking into the wind. Like you were some sort of gothic novel protagonist. Uh, but there isn't sound. Instead, it deadens the song of these ray-like sirens, and it sort of warbles along in the inverse of the howling of the wind. It spreads out further than the sound should travel. You feel yourself the epicenter of the inverse of an earthquake. Reality itself seems in your eye to ripple and waver and maybe even to fade as you cancel out that which has been motivating this attack. And over the course of maybe five seconds, all of the sea creatures that you can perceive, and by extension you can sort of feel the behemoths, the sirens, still throughout the city where they've overtaken the harbor wall and gone a couple blocks in. They just stop for a moment, listening and considering. And you can imagine it's something like glossolalia, where words that don't mean anything but nevertheless make sense tumble from your lips without you willing them. And everything suddenly is quiet and still, despite the fact that the storm howls on around you, and this Lissa thing moves into the city, causing pandemonium and chaos as it goes. You can hear it behind you, even if you can't see it. Sounds of rage, sounds of violence, the wet thunk of bludgeons and of sharpened instruments being used. Getting somewhat fainter, you feel yourself to be the eye of the storm, and you don't know that you ever wanted to stop. You're not sure how long it lasts. But when the miracle subsides, the behemoths and rays seem confused. They don't advance further into the city. They don't turn on each other. They don't 
start puncturing and licking the corpses for their blood. They just mill about in confusion for a moment. The only sounds that you hear are those of the storm and the receding sounds of the chaos that the Lissa thing is causing as it moves further into the city. Suddenly, there's the release of tension, a snapping back, and you feel that you are yourself again. It's a letdown and a come down and also a relief, I would think. All at once. Um, when you say the sounds of the Lissa thing are receding, is that simply because she it is farther from me, or is now that the now that there's less fury? Okay, gotcha. Not the fury, not subsiding, just receding. I do yes. feel that you just kind of took out a large source of fury, so that may attract the Lissa thing back. <laughs> well, an interesting thought. Yes, perhaps it reaches a a nadir of of recession from your your zone and then begins to track back. Although in this case the wake of destruction does not leave many beings alive to be affected by it as it starts to come back. There maybe is a suffocating effect as of depriving a flame of oxygen uh, as the whirlwind sounds of this lissa creature approach you again they are fair and not as layered i don't know if it's correct to say that the Lissa thing can see me or even that it has eyes, but on the off chance that it does and that it can, for the third time today, I assume the aspect of nothing and become whatever I think might make the continuing existence of the Lissa thing seem unnecessary, absurd, impossible, or simply unthinkable for a moment. This is something I feel I need to toss to you, Robin. What does Dosk look like? I'm trying to figure that out myself. Because <laughs> what, yeah, what can negate fury? <laughs> Take that, conspirators. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I'm going to think through this out loud. Uh, and You may want to put a marker down. Please do. Um, so the thing that. that attracted the the Lissa thing back in this direction was the sudden absence of that well of fury. So mm-hmm. whatever might endlessly be unaffected by emotion, I think would be the aspect taken on by Dosk. So I think perhaps what that sounds like then is that you see instead of Dosk, a statue of Dosk. Impassive, thoughtful, not expressing very much, but nevertheless 
sort of proudly displayed and blocking your path. I don't know that, but I do know how you react Correct. to it. Yes, you yeah. don't know that. <laughs> the scream that has seemed to be nonstop from the maw of this thing falters. And for the briefest moment, the shadows part, and you think you can see through them and see familiar eyes beyond them. Hmm. So I implore those eyes, but how do I do that? Um, I'm trying to think if this is a role, right? I mean, these these probably could be words rather than strange anti-words, but... The goal is to snap Lissa out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I'm just, I'm, I'm looking at my character sheet and I'm thinking what that might be. Um, it sure is hell not knowledge, because how do I know what I'm looking at? Um, and Leviathan facts will not be helpful in this situation. <laughs> <unfortunately>. <laughs> I'm thinking that it's got to be a charmer command. Yeah. Go for charm. I would go for charm. That's what that's what Lissa would want me to do. So yeah, maybe charm plus graces, or do I dare to say it's charm plus jest? And he actually attempts a joke in this moment. Um, would have to be some gallows I ass like humor. That, you know what? Yeah, I do, do like gallows like humor. That. Yeah. Okay. So see what you can come up with after you roll so your just, charm just, plus jest, which is five to be dice. clear here. This is this is a roll to create a form of gallows humor that a that a being of pure fury moments off a killing spree would find very funny. <laughs> when you put it that way, <laughs> that is three fives. You mean three sevens? Ooh, I do. <laughs> Sad yeah. boy. Because you're striking. Sad <laughs> so so I, I pursed uh, my lips in a pouty end. And, uh, <laughs> and this wouldn't work unless under normal circumstances, but the effect in this in this light is devastating. For sure, for sure. Um, so what is your I know I'm putting you on the spot yeah. here, tons of pressure and everything, but what is your if you wanna want to do it in character, just do the words, that's fine, or if you want to describe it out of character without being specific, that's also fine because it is difficult. But what is your attempt at a a remark, a quip, a jest to bring Lissa around here? I think I draw attention to my to my smallness in the face of what the Lissa thing has become and the smallness of Lissa's eyes within the Lissa thing and Somehow I try to also simultaneously focus attention at the destruction everywhere, and I simply gesture at all of it and say with absolute earnestness, mutual respect. (laughs) 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 Oh, goodness. (laughs) That definitely works. Um... The the shadows suddenly fall away from the figure as water cresting against a wall uh, might tumble to the ground. And Lissa doubles over, not with laughter, but with exhaustion and something else entirely. Um, she's on all fours, she's looking down, but the shadows return to normal and her tattoo stills. At that moment, 
from the direction of the behemoths and the sirens, you hear an odd-sounding voice. It's like somebody speaking while gargling a glass of water. Uh, relatively high-pitched and a little bit playful. I am not going to try to make that sound, because it would be awful to listen to. <laughs> but it says... That's a first. Turning to look up on the harbor wall, looking down at you, you can see what is very clearly the animated drowned corpse of a six or seven year old girl dressed in tatters. You can also sense very clearly the Octoritas surrounding her. This is one of the nobilis. And that's where we'll end our session. <laughs> you may each have one mortal XP for this session. Uh, I think I get some bonuses, right? Because I have uh, <laughs> fulfilled my craving, my duty, and also unleashed the the gift. That is true. I had forgotten to to factor in those things. Yes, you have at least two bonus so yeah let's call it three total for you Uh, mortal Uh, or divine mortal okay divine is not going to be affected by the duties cravings okay so i get three total so that means an additional two over what i would have gotten so that means i'm at seven you are at seven yes indeed this is an interesting question because my my craving is just that that we haven't actually talked about this. Dask is, is I'm, gonna, I'm yes. just going to read it. Dask is curious beyond any reference to prudence or to the practical use of the knowledge in question or to anything resembling good sense. He has a difficult time leaving any question unanswered. So I'm just kind of low-key doing this all the time. So do I get, do I get experience when I do it in an especially uh, dangerous or strange situation? So I'm fudging this a little bit. Generally, in the rain rules... If you are pursuing your craving, you can get a bonus die on your roll. Got it. Okay. Problems cause additional XP. Understood. But my ruling here is going to be that in addition to getting bonus dies on rolls when you are pursuing your craving, if your craving causes particular trouble for you, bonus experience is a Gotcha. Okay. Because I've also been engaging with Um, my problem while in town since it's the whole estranged family thing. That is true i hadn't really considered that because i hadn't looked back at this part of your character sheet in a little while i'm gonna say that if it comes back to bite you in the ass okay yeah rather because so far it's mostly helped you (laughs) yeah okay when it comes back to bite you in the ass eventually when i can work it in uh then it will absolutely give you bonus session xp although it will probably be up to you to remind me of that That's fact, uh, as this is sometimes a little difficult to to keep in mind as I am playing. Also, though, both of you do feel free to remind me that you can get bonus dice for uh, duty and craving pursuit uh, when rolls are called yeah. for. In this case, of course, Lissa, you did not have rolls while you were doing this. But... Transcended rolls and so much else. <laughs> yeah. Were you to uh, have a similar effect during, say, a confrontation with miraculous opponents, that would be a slightly different thing. You would definitely want to have some bonus dice on rolls there, but in this case, there are no rolls were necessary. Cool. 
All um, right. So, uh, I think that pretty much does it for our session proper. Yeah. Uh, we have another cliffhanger. I, I will try to keep those to two at a time, uh, but I can't make any guarantees. I love the cliffhangers. Uh, I am not expecting you to stop with them. <laughs> I mean, when it's every episode, it becomes That's Dragon good. Ball Z, right? If there's a... If, if, <laughs> if, if, if Dosk and Romnet have their coffee date and that has a cliffhanger in it, then it starts... You know. <laughs> That that may be a little much, yes. But certainly during events transpiring, you could probably expect me to end on something rather uh, evocative each time. I feel pretty evoked. But with that, uh, we will see everyone in episode six with this appearance of our first non-mot nobilis. We will see what this what, what transpires here. But for now, that concludes this session of Dicebox. Thank you to everybody for joining us, and I hope our players and listeners enjoyed it as much as I do, and that you'll all join us again next time. If you're hearing us now, then you probably know where to listen to this, but we can be found almost any place that one can listen to podcasts, as well as on the wider web at DicePunks.com and on Twitter as at DicePunks. With that, I think we're ready to say farewell, so say goodbye to the kind folks at home as players. Thanks for being here, and, and if your friends become something you don't recognize, take that moment seriously. <laughs> Uh, thanks for listening and don't be afraid to confront your inner demons head on or the unthinkable may happen (laughs) and as the poet once said hear the call from below of an underwater world (laughs) thank you dear listeners for tuning in and stick around through the admin stuff there's a bad ad with me Adam waiting for you at the end of it the songs in this episode, theme of the Dice Punks and its acoustic version, were written and recorded by the Duke of Nothing himself, Drew. Cover art is by Joanne, who will be behind the scenes for the time being, but played Rue the Gremlin in our Psionics one-shot. Site design and graphics for DicePunks.com are by Robin, the player behind the irrepressible Lissa, the Duchess of Fury. Rain and the one roll engine it runs on were created by Greg Stolze, whose work can be found in, well, in a frankly astonishing number of cool places, but I'll point you toward gregstolze.com. Nobilis was created by Jenna Catherine Moran and can be found alongside much of her other really intriguing work, both in and outside of tabletop roleplaying, at afarandsunlessland.wordpress.com. Links to both systems and authors can be found on the punk grimoire section of our website, dicepunks.com. Thanks so much for listening. If you liked what you heard, well, that's rewarding off on its own, really, but if you're so inclined, you can help us out by rating and reviewing us wherever you listen to us, telling your friends who you think would like us to give us a listen, and even by heading over to our Patreon at patreon.com slash dicepunks. We have fun rewards available to backers, including a patron-only Discord, and access to the Dice Peaks After Show for episodes one and following. Regardless, we hope you'll tune in again, and until then, remember, subtlety is for cowards.
Hello, we're sorry you've called Bad Adam's Fried Bads. Can I dissuade you from placing an order? No. My condolences. Yes, three orders of fried bads will be delivered unsettlingly quickly to, by a nameless driver in an unmarked van. If your order is incorrect or your delivery person speaks other than to say, it's done, into a walkie-talkie upon handing you your order, then count your blessings. It could have gone much worse for you.